This is the Get Your Goat Podcast with your host, Josh Morani, and my brother, Luca, here. What's up? Hello, hello. Happy Friday to you all. It is nice to be here. Looking forward to some exciting sports this weekend. And to top off this weekend on Sunday is going to be the highlight of all highlights, the games of all games. It's conference championship weekend. The NFC championship game and the AFC championship game Four teams battling out to go to the Super Bowl. Only two will go in. The stakes have never been higher. And both games are going to be electric and fun to watch. I'm looking forward to watch both of these games. The first one we have up is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. What a thrilling matchup this will be. So, Luca. What do you got for me in this matchup? What are going to be some of those key factors? And what do you have playing out? What do you got? I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game because both these teams have good quarterbacks, good running backs, and good wide receivers. They overall have a really good offense. Defense, it could be better, but I think the Bucks can pull it off based on their defense I think will play better. They might not, but I believe they will. And Antonio Brown, I think, is out. Yep, he's out. Is that going to be a big deal for the Bucks, Luca? Yes, it is, because he is one of their best wide receivers. Even though they still have Ronald Jones as a running back, he can catch the ball. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Braith been doing really good and Gronk. I think this offense is going to overwhelm that Packers defense. Wow. I do agree that Antonio Brown being out is huge. He's really come on recently and has played so, so well. And I'm sad to see him out for this game. He really opens up the offense a lot more with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But as you said, they do have a lot more other pieces The two just mentioned. Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, and then the two studs at running backs back there, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And the Bucks offense has been really good all season. Number seven in offense. Uh, they've really been clicking a lot recently with Tom Brady. Uh, last week they kind of just managed, uh, didn't turn the ball over, looked really solid on offense. Not spectacular, not amazing, but just solid and got the job done. The, their wide receiver core has been great. Uh, Leonard Fournette's been great. And I think the one thing that's going to be the key difference in this game for the Bucks is their defense. Uh, last week they clicked. Getting Devin White back was huge. Uh, had like 11 tackles or something like that. Interception, fumble. He would play amazing out of his mind. Uh, this week they get Vita Vey back, one of the best run stoppers in the game. And having him back uh, to combat Aaron Jones in this high-scoring offense will be huge. Having this defense, if they play the way we did against the Saints on Sunday, uh, Tampa Bay is going to win this game big. But uh, because of what Tampa Bay did to the Saints, they forced turnovers, and they try to create turnovers, and Green Bay does not turn the ball over. They had a league-low 11 turnovers 11 turnovers in 16 games. That's remarkable. Uh, that's due to a large part to Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't turn the ball over. Only had like four or five interceptions. 
He I think five, but he doesn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, their passing game it was amazing, balanced with a great rushing game with Aaron Jones. They don't give the ball away. Aaron Rodgers has looked like the best quarterback this year in the playoffs. I think it has changed a little bit. Of course, Aaron Rodgers has only played one playoff game so far, but he has looked really good. Uh, Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the game right now, or at least this year. He has looked like the best wide receiver, so I have to give props where props is due. He has played amazing, but if the key factor is defense, and to me, the Bucks' defense is better than the Packers' defense. Yes, the Packers have been uh, clicking recently with Rashawn Gary and I think Zydaria Smith. They've played lights out, but this Bucks front seven, Vita Vey returning, it's going to be huge. They're going to try to bottle up uh, Aaron Jones, make this team be one-dimensional. Carlton Davis played really good last week, shut down Michael Thomas. Luca loves himself some Michael Thomas. No. He was sad to see, he was sad to see that. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but uh, he's going to have a tough matchup this week against Devontae Adams, a, the real proven number one wide receiver this year. But Luca. To me, this is interesting, and I want to get your take on this before I go ahead, is this team played Week 10. They played against each other in Tampa Bay, and the Bucks crushed them 38-10. to uh, Does that game mean anything? Last year, the Packers 49ers played them a regular season. 49ers crushed them, played again in the NFC Championship. 49ers crushed them. Uh, does that Week 6 matchup mean anything? Aaron Rodgers says it doesn't because the Saints beat the Tampa Bay 38-3 to at home. So does the Week 6 matchup mean anything, that 38-10 to win? Or since it's a playoffs, uh, two teams are different since it's a few months later. Is it diff- so different that that game didn't matter? Or can you learn something from that game? I think it's going to be a little different. I think that the Packers are going to try harder than what they did. I think Rodgers had like two or three interceptions that game. And obviously now it's in Green Bay, so that's a little advantage. And when I was watching that game, they actually had quite a number of fans in there. So that helps them. Could be snowing. Probably not. And I think that does mean stuff because I think they'll try and get after him a little more. And I definitely think this will be a closer game than Week 6. I'm glad you think that, Luca. And uh, what Aaron Rodgers says about that game really not meaning much uh it's quite the opposite it means so much it means so much and when you look at the stats from that week six matchup Aaron Rodgers was 16 for 35 160 yards two interceptions played terrible their leading rusher Jamal Williams fourth carries 34 yards couldn't even get the run game going Devontae Adams decent game six receptions 61 yards that's 12 fantasy points in a PPR league. Nothing, nothing special. So they didn't really look good. Uh, Tom Brady uh, didn't play great, but didn't play as bad as Rodgers. Uh, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones played amazing that game. Was a workhorse with 113 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Gronk, the leading receiver, 78 yards, a touchdown. And the thing that really uh, turned this game around in that week six matchup was the Packers had six penalties and the Bucks had zero. When's the last time you watched a game and one team had zero penalties? 
That rarely happens. They played so disciplined. And the other thing was they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times for 53 yards. That was huge. They pressured him, got in him. Aaron Rodgers can't handle the pressure. He just can't. He's not that kind of quarterback. Uh, If he handled the pressure, he'd have more Super Bowl wins. Come fight me. And then what else happened to Aaron Rodgers? Oh, he threw a pick six. And then what did he do on the next drive? Threw another interception. And then the Buccaneers got another touchdown. So Aaron Rodgers had a 10-0 lead. Next thing you knew it, 14-10, Tampa Bay. And they didn't look back since that, winning 38-10. So you can learn a lot from this matchup. Because like I mentioned to Luca last year, is the Packers 49ers played once in the regular season and then matched up again in the playoffs. And the regular season game, the 49ers won 37-8. to And the defense dominated Rodgers. Hey, five sacks, like that regular season meeting between, oh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay earlier this season. They caused him to fumble, and they were all over him as, again, pressure get to Rodgers. Rodgers can't handle the pressure. And then what happened in the NFC Championship game? 49ers opened with a 20-0 lead and won the game 37-20. Again, three sacks that game, two interceptions and a fumble. And guess what? The Packers had more yards that game, had more time of possession, uh, dominated in almost every category first downs. But guess what? The turnovers killed them. The pressure got to Rodgers. Nick Bosa got to him. And that team... Uh, just thoroughly dominated them in both matchups. Of course, behind a record game between uh, for Mostert for the 49ers. And I see parallels here. Is this the Bucks defense is nothing or not as good as the 49ers defense was last year? But you can glean from it because they are a really good team. Number one in the rush, as I said, getting Vita Vey back. Uh, they can get after the quarterback as they did that first week. David Bakhtiari, left tackle, is out. That's huge for creating pressure. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for the Bucks, loves to blitz, loves to dial up pressure, and he's going to dial up some big blitzes this weekend. He's going to get after Rodgers, force Rodgers into some bad throws, bad plays, and I think that's going to be the ball game. I do think that, uh, what's it called, the Bucks will win, and it will be because of this defense, how well they played. They showed it against the Saints, uh, being such a well-balanced offense last week. Shut them down. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers right now is better than Drew Brees. Not on my all-time list. But I have Aaron Rodgers playing better this year. He's ascending up. This whole team is ascending up. And they're going to play well. I, as Lucas said, they're going to play better than they did in that week one or week six matchup. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Bucks are going to win this game. Uh... They have the best quarterback in the league, in the history of the NFL, on their team, Tom Brady. He's done this before. This is his 14th championship game. He's been here 13 times before that. Nine Super Bowl appearances, six wins. He's the GOAT. He's the reason they get it done. Not the imposter on the other side, uh, Aaron Rodgers. They both wear number 12, but number 12 should be stripped of Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't deserve it. That number needs to be retired when Tom Brady plays is done playing immediately. No one else should ever wear that number again. Tom Brady's a GOAT. Aaron Rodgers is a faux GOAT. Phony, 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 phony. I'm sorry. 
I'd roll with Tom Brady any day of the week. He's done it. He's done it before. And he's going to do it again Sunday. That's what I'm going with. Um, that's how I'm rolling. And to go more off on Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna, I told you on my last podcast, my get your goat take was he's not a top five quarterback of all time. So we're right now, before we do our picks for the game, I'm getting into that. I'm getting into a top five quarterbacks of all time. Luca, you want to go? What's your top five? You were on a rant right there against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, boy, this man just said he's a good quarterback. I, he, I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. But you basically made it sound like he's trash. Compared to Tom Brady? Yeah, he is. Ah, uh, that's... Okay, that's debatable, but... Okay, number one, I think everyone knows it has to be Tom Brady. Exactly. Pierce. Exactly. Six Super Bowls, four Super Bowl MVPs, and three regular season MVPs. I'm pretty sure he leads in touchdowns. Yeah, he did, does. Did all-time he pass passing him? leader. Yeah, all-time uh, touchdown leader, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's Drew Brees still has the passing yards, or he does? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he is the most passing touchdowns, three MVPs, four Super Bowl MVPs, and six Super Bowls. He has yes. to be one. Uh-huh, I agree. What was your two? Two, I have Joe Montana. He has four Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl MVPs, and one MVP twice. With all these MVPs and Super Bowls, <laughs> you kind of have to be in the top five. And my top five list really goes by Super Bowl wins. Because if you can have all the yards you want, but if you don't win Super Bowls, then it's basically pointless to okay. have all of these stats. So number three, I have Terry Bradshaw as number four Super Bowl wins and one MVP. Again, when you have four Super Bowl wins, that's you kinda have to be in the top five. And then Troy Aikman, I didn't want to put him here for his horrible commentating, <laughs> but he does wow. have three Super Bowl wins and one Super Bowl MVP. And number five, he did not barely slip in here. I wanted to put him higher, but for only having two Super Bowls he had to be number five. I put Peyton Manning as number five on my top five list for all time. He has two Super Bowl wins, one Super Bowl MVP, and five regular season MVPs. He is probably one of the best regular season quarterbacks of all time. Mm -hmm. I I agree with some of your lists, Luca. I don't agree that championships do mean a lot. Uh, You know me, championships mean so much. But Terry Bradshaw had some great defenses, mm-hmm. top elite, elite defenses. Uh, I'm not saying he was bad. Terry Bradshaw was amazing, a great quarterback, but he did have a great defense to help him out. Uh, Troy Aikman had a great running game, and he also had Deion Sanders back there as a defensive back. Mm-hmm. So he had a lot of help. So I think those are my two biggest disagreements. But my top five... Uh, Brady, number one, he's the GOAT. Um, He just is, as Luca mentioned, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl appearances, most championship games. He has more championship appearances than any other team except for the Steelers and 49ers. Most wins of all time. Uh, If you're in a factor in all the postseason records, he basically has every quarterback record in the postseason by so much wins, yards, uh, you name it. That's how it is. My number two... Same with Luca, Joe Montana. This was a tough one, but he has four Super Bowls. He was one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. You look at some of his tape, and it was just amazing to see him play. 
He had a 100-plus passer rating in eight straight playoff games, and he performed in the playoffs. To me, it's not just about making the Super Bowl, because sometimes you get a bad call, a bad break in a game, your defense uh, doesn't all factor into the quarterback, but he always showed up in the playoffs and was a sensational playoff performer. He was the best playoff performer until Brady came, and that's why Brady's number one and Joe Montana is number two. Number three, Peyton Manning. Why do I say Peyton Manning? Yes, he does have two Super Bowl wins to his name. One was carried by that Broncos defense, but he has five Super Bowl MVPs. I think that's most for a quarterback, or if not tied, uh, the best really regular season quarterback of all time. He had all the records before Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Of course, he was older, retired before them, but he had all those records. He did so good with the Colts, then had a neck injury, came back with the Broncos, and just did the same thing with the most touchdown record, most touchdown passes in a season with 55 when he came back. Uh, he was just so good, so good. The reason he isn't higher is because he had some of choky moments in the playoffs where he would just uh, choke and not look like he did in the regular season. But being so good in the regular season, or at least top three, if not number one uh, of a regular season, that gets it to you. My number uh, three, or my number four, is John Elway, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He won two Super Bowls, and I think the thing that did it for me, other than his great arm, was he was a mobile quarterback. He could run the football. He was one of the first ones, or one after Steve Young, one of the ones to start doing that and adapting to that. And back then, it really gave defenses a tough time. And that's why, to me, John Elway is number four. You have to put one in there. If Steve Young got another one, I'd probably put him above uh, John Elway, but I got to roll with John Elway. My number five is Drew Brees. That's who it is. And he has the most passing yards of all time. He's the most accurate quarterback of all time. Completion percentage of all time. He's won a Super Bowl. Should he have gotten there more? Yes. Uh, did he have a bad call against the Rams? Yes, uh, that pass interference should have been called. They should have won that game. Uh, but again, again, it didn't happen, so I can't give it to them. So that's my top five. One, Brady. Two, Montana. Three, Elway. Or, th- or three, Montana. Three, Manning. Four, Elway. Five, Drew Brees. Uh, but then you, again, you have other great quarterbacks like Lucas said, Terry Bradshaw and Troy Aikman. You do have Brett Favre and Pate and Aaron Rodgers. See, but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are so similar to me. They both have one Super Bowl win, but Brett Favre at least got there twice. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even been able to get there twice. He has a chance this weekend, though. If Aaron Rodgers makes it to the Super Bowl, he'll pass Brett Favre to me. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, he'll probably enter my top five and maybe everybody else's top five because of how good he is. But there's just been so many good quarterbacks in the NFL that it's hard to just say, just accept him on there. Because to me, I think Patrick Mahomes is better than uh, Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl this year. He's won two Super Bowls in a row back-to-back, won two in his first three years. I mean, that's pretty insane. And then imagine if he were to beat Brady that first time and he'd have three in a row. I can't think about that. That's too much for me because I love myself some Patrick Mahomes. But 
we'll get into that in just a bit. So Luca, we got sidetracked there with our top five quarterbacks of all time. My rant against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no disrespect to you as a person, uh, Aaron. It's just when I'm talking about all time greats, that's what it is. So Luca, what's your prediction for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers? What's your prediction? I think the final score of this game is going to be 39 to 28. Wow, that's kind of a big win. Who wins 39-28? The Bucks. The Bucks. Okay. I agree with you. I think the Bucks are going to win. And guess what? Last year, 37-8, 49ers regular season, 37-20, 49ers NFC Championship. So I'm going to keep with the Bucks at 38 since they won in a regular season. And I'll give the, uh, the what's it called, the Packers 10 more points. And I'm going to say 38-20 uh, Bucks. That's you said gonna be I was going to pick them to win big. You just picked them to yep. win by 18. I, I did. I'm picking them to win by 18. Go Bucks. Go Tom Brady. Go rest in peace, Goat. I gave him an air touchdown, man. You really think they're going to win this game. I do. That's why I'm rolling. That's how I'm rolling. So that is the NFC Championship game Sunday at 3 Eastern. Then after that, you have the AFC Championship game, the Bills versus the Chiefs. Bills Mafia in Arrowhead Stadium. Luca, what goes down? Who wins? What's going on in your brain? Who has the advantage in this game? I just want to mention one thing first. It was hilarious. Once the Chiefs won this game, they came out on ESPN like Kansas City versus Buffalo, and they came out with the percentages. And that was when Mahomes was not playing, and Buffalo had like a 78% chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. And then Mahomes comes back, and the Chiefs are projected to win. So that's so funny how Patrick Mahomes has to carry this team. I won't say carry, but he's the reason why that they are making the playoffs and are in this championship game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with the game, I think Mahomes is going to do really good. I believe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should be back. I have not heard if he's going to be back or not. If he is, that definitely helps him out since he is still somehow their leading rusher in yards this season. So I think he can help them out so they can run the ball a little bit more so Mahomes doesn't get re-injured. And obviously they have Kelsey that's been doing good, Tyreek Hill... So that's covered on their offense. They have amazing offense. And then the Bills offense, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's basically the Bills offense, and it works. They've been doing it all season. Stephon Diggs has eight touchdown receptions and 1,500 yards. That's amazing. And Josh Allen has 37 touchdowns, but Singletary is not too good at all. (laughs) <laughs> Only 687 yards and two touchdowns. That is horrible for a running back in a season. They don't run the ball that much. They don't because they just throw it to Stephon Diggs. He has the most receptions, 127. And they have Cole Beasley, which does all right some games. But I think the main factor in this game is going to be if Mahomes stays healthy and what team or what defense will play better. And to me, I think that the Chiefs defense is going to play better this game with Tyran Matthew and Chris Jones. So I think that defense is going to perform better, which will lead them to the win over Buffalo. All right. I like it. I like it. This is going to be a great matchup to me. 
We thought, what, the Ravens and the Bills were going to be a shootout, but a little high-scoring game. But to me, the Bills-Chiefs game, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Chiefs, number one in offense. Bills, number two in offense. Uh, Chiefs have averaged 415 yards. Bills, 400. Uh, Bills score more points than them. They're three in passing. Uh, Chiefs are one in passing. Uh, Six in points. These offenses are high-flying. Patrick Mahomes, amazing, amazing year this year, 83 QBR. Josh Allen right behind him at 82 QBR, 70% completion percentage, 37 for 10. Uh, Mahomes, 38 for 6 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. I mean, these two have been have actually played very similar this year. Both have played amazing, just amazing. Luca mentioned the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs uh, that relationship that quarterback wide receiver duo has been so potent this year uh Stefan Diggs most yards and receptions for a wide receiver but then again the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey last week they both balled out had over 100 yards and they both played so good on the season but Patrick Mahomes is gonna play he was in concussion protocol and he's gonna play but I don't know how healthy he is going in with his concussion. And also against the game against the Browns, it looked like he was dealing with a foot injury as well. He was kind of limping around with his foot. So the key is going to be on the Bills to pressure Mahomes. They're going to have to get after him. I don't want them to get after Mahomes because I want the Chiefs to win. But they're going to have to pressure Mahomes, bring some blitz packages, uh, change up the defense, uh, intertwine some man zone and just pressure Mahomes, hope the defense gets back there and forces him uncomfortable and uh, see how healthy he looks. Because I fear that even though Mahomes is going to play, uh, he is not, he's definitely not 100%, but I'm worried he's not even 75% with the foot and the concussion. If he gets rattled again, it could be dangerous. I don't want to see Mahomes out long term with a concussion. It's sad to see superstars go out with head injuries, and it just is something that plagues them their whole career. So I'd rather if he they were. I know the doctors do their job, their medicals, their professionals. They cleared him to play, but I hope he is healthy and nothing bad happens to him this game. Uh, but it's going to be up to the Bills to just test him. See if that foot's healthy and contain uh, Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Not allow him to scramble, make some of those plays, make some of those crazy throws to Tyreek Hill, and then just force checkdowns to Travis Kelsey. That's going to be the game plan for the Bills, and that's how they beat the Chiefs. That's how we're going to beat them. Uh, But if it's a straight shootout, points going up back and forth, uh, I do think that the Chiefs would prevail in that classic type of shootout. So, Luca, we outlined the keys to the game, the advantages, uh, what's working on both sides, both high power offense. But what's your prediction for this game? Who wins? What's the final score to you? I think the final score is going to be 32 Chiefs, and then the Bills are going to get 25. Wow, 32-25. So you think the Bucks are going to be the highest-scoring team this weekend? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, of course, with Patrick Mahomes. But I'm, 
Oh, this is tough because if he was healthy, if Pat, if I knew Patrick Mahomes was fully healthy, I would go forty-five thirty-eight would be my score. Would be Chiefs if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But since he, I don't think he's fully healthy, I'm gonna go thirty-five thirty-one. That's gonna be my score. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs, so definitely the Chiefs. That's it. What did I say again? My prediction, what did I say? 32-25 Chiefs. Oh, I thought I said 35. I meant 35-25. Oh, <laughs> you meant 35-25? Wait, no. Well, I did not say 32. You said 32-25 Chiefs. Another 30. I can't pick 32 Yeah, you have a lot times. of 32 games. No, I'll just pick 35-28. I was going to pick 35-28, so I'm happy I said 35-31. Yep, I can't pick 32 so many times in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's your just lucky number, Luca 32. Yep. All right, so that's the AFC Championship game, 640 Eastern. It's going to be exciting. Huge day for conference championship football. Who goes to the Super Bowl? It's going to be fun to watch. And then we'll have it covered here on Monday. But next news is Philip Rivers. He retired the other day. Uh, he had a great career. He's a family man, has a bunch of children. I wish him nothing but the best going forward. He wants to be a high school football coach, and I hope he finds tremendous success in that. He's just been a amazing player, amazing person throughout his whole time in San Diego and Los Angeles, and now... Uh, Indianapolis's final season, but just an extraordinary, extraordinary person and player, and I wish him nothing but the best. But getting into an actual football debate is Luca. I'm going to open up to you right now. Is should he be a Hall of Famer? Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, I wouldn't think so, but I remember this one comparison. I believe the Colts played the Bengals earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and that was before Joe Burrow got injured, and they compared him, and one of the stats was children. It was what? hilarious. It was 9-0. to zero. But what surprises me is Philip Rivers only has three rushing touchdowns in his career. He's not a rushing quarterback, and he's but not a running back. For the amount of years he played, I think 16 years, yeah, to 17. only have seventeen, to only have three rushing touchdowns, that just surprises me. Only that, having three, that doesn't surprise me. Wow, <laughs> he's not a running quarterback, but still. he didn't do a lot of QB sneaks, and you don't see him wobbling around. Hobble. He did, he was not that fast. But for seventeen years, only three rushing touchdowns. That's just that's just weird to oh, see. Oh, I don't agree. Okay, all okay. right, all right. You just go ahead with the rest of your points. Okay, and he had sixty three thousand passing yards. That's really not Hall of Fame status. Only four twenty one um rushing or passing touchdowns, two hundred and nine interceptions. I don't think these are Hall of Fame stats right here. Alright. So and no Super Bowls. I don't think he has any MVPs. Nope, he doesn't. He has nothing. So I don't think he belongs in the MVP, but he was a decent quarterback. I will say, uh, stat-wise, he was a great quarterback. Uh, fifth all-time in passing yards, fifth in touchdowns, and fifth in completions. Uh, he was great in the regular season, didn't win a regular season MVP, but he had the stats to back it up. Uh, so I'll give him that. Another thing that stood out 
as 252 straight starts. He was an Iron Man, always showed up, always played. He even played on a fully torn ACL in the AFC Championship game. He is an Iron Man. But another thing that stands out to me, he was sacked the 10th most of all time. Uh, that's not a just him, but that's also his offensive line. But he did take a lot of pressure, a lot of hits back there, even though he threw up all these great stats. But to be a Hall of Famer, to me, uh, to me, when you say Hall of Fame, that means you're the elite of elites. You're in GOAT conversations in your category. You're either in the GOAT conversation for a quarterback, wide receiver, running back. You're in those conversations. And Philip Rivers is not in those conversations. Uh, doesn't have an MVP, as Lucas says. Doesn't have uh, a... Has never gone to a Super Bowl. Never even won his conference championship. I think he only has three playoff wins. Uh, to me, that's just on board with uh, Tony Romo. Uh, Mahomes has I love more playoff Tony, wins. Exactly. Patrick Mahomes has more playoff wins. If Patrick Mahomes were to retire, he'd be uh, in the Hall of Fame. and we <laughs> There would be no debate. But, uh, yeah, to me... Philip Rivers doesn't belong uh, due to that not being not having playoff success. Again, it doesn't always fall on him, but sometimes you ha- have to carry your team, and he didn't do that. Uh, but he was a good regular season quarterback. But if you put him in the Hall of Fame, then guess what? You have to put Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame. Same numbers. He actually to three. he actually went to a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. If you put him in there, you have to put Matthew Stafford in there. Uh, he's won. Aaron Rodgers. In MVP. Well, Aaron Rodgers is automatically going to be the Hall of Fame. I know, but still, but, talking about Super Bowls. But yeah, who did I just say that you cut me off with? Uh, uh, I said Matthew Stafford. Right. He has amazing stats. Amazing. But guess what? No playoff success. Uh, no Super Bowls. No MVPs. Same with Tony Romo. Tony Romo, not a lot of playoff success, no Super Bowls, no Super Bowl MVPs. I love Tony Romo as a broadcaster. My favorite, love Tony Romo calling the games on CBS with Jim Nance, but I'm sorry, uh, not a Hall of Famer either. You have to meet, there has to be some level of criteria. I think they have to crack down. They can't allow anybody in the Canton uh, to be a Hall of Famer because if they did, then I can just go play football for a few years, hopefully win a championship, and maybe I'd be considered to go to the Hall of Fame. So there has to be... I think stricter categories to be under the Hall of Fame. He doesn't get it. It might be unpopular, but then again, I love Philip Rivers. Enjoyed watching him play, but I don't think he should be in the Hall of Famer. It's a close conversation regarding his stats and how well he played on the field, but I cannot give him that edge. So, Luca, with Philip Rivers retiring, what's next for the Colts at quarterback? Their only quarterback on the rocker roster is Jacob Eason. They could resign Jacoby Brissett. And have him be their starter. So who's going to be their quarterback? Do you think they try to draft someone? Do they trade for someone? Who do you want to see as the Colts' next quarterback? I could see I could see Carson Wentz possibly going there, but not so much that that coach got fired. I don't see Carson Wentz going anywhere. I don't want to see him going anywhere. I'm fine with watching the Eagles lose every game. I don't care. NFC is trash. Um. Who else would I like to see go there? Maybe Deshaun Watson could go there. You want to see Deshaun Watson on the Colts? 
I said that earlier in an earlier podcast. That would be fun to see. Mm-hmm. Him, T.Y. Hilton, that defense. Who's that running back? Uh, they have Hine Nines, and uh, they have... Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. He's been, he did good this season. So I think the running game will pick up next season. So a T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Watson, and Taylor... Or whoever yeah, I yeah. keep forgetting. Then, well, they have a good running back tandem. I'll give you that. Yep, the good running back and the good defense. I think this is a playoff team, oh, possibly yeah. Super Bowl, but not so much since they're with the Chiefs and the Bills over there. Maybe not Super Bowl, but definitely playoff contention. I agree. They have a great defense, decent offense. Uh, I kind of would like to see Frank Reich uh, reunite with Carson Wentz. Had that MVP uh, caliber season campaign in 2017. Did so well on the way to the Super Bowl before he got injured. I would love to see them reunite. I don't see it. Luca mentioned Deshaun Watson. Uh, That would be a... I think that's a pipe dream. I don't think that will happen at all. But uh, I think Wentz, to me, would be the favorite. But I think they might sign Jacoby Brissett back. Make try him out as a starter. Maybe look for another one in the draft. But it will be interesting to see the Colts in the situation. But hopefully, I do want Frank Reich and Wentz to reunite. As Luca mentioned, that with their firing their coach, they're all in on Carson Wentz and the Eagles. But guess what? I don't like Carson Wentz on the Eagles. I don't. His time is up. His time is up, and it is time for a new era, the Jalen Hurts era. The wearing all black and clad Eagles that look so good when they beat the Saints. I know Drew Brees is out, but that team looked good. They fought every game since against the Cardinals. That's the Eagles team I want to see, and that's the Eagles team Philly deserves. We've had enough of Carson and Philly. Make Philly great again. <laughs> Please, fly Eagles fly, or whatever it is. Philly. Fly Philly fly. Is that what it is? Yeah. All right, fly Philly fly. Uh... But no, uh, please do that. Then next, Luca, the Ra- I know you're a Ravens fan, so I'll, and I know you're a Seahawks fan, so I always have to bring up a Seahawks topic with you or a Ravens topic with you. So the Ravens cut Mark Ingram, saved some cap space. He didn't really play a lot towards the end of the year, had battled some issues. Uh, but they do have Gus Edwards, have J.K. Dobbins, uh, number one rushing offense. They're built around the run with their running backs, Lamar Jackson. But they're number 31 in the passing offense, almost dead last. Luca, I'm going to ask you this. Do they need to change their offense, change how they're constructed, make it more of a passing offense, or do you think they can win how they're currently constructed? I think right now, after cutting Mark Ingram, and if they don't sign a number one wide receiver, they have to stick with the run game. Because I would not trust any of the Ravens wide receivers and clutch moments, or throughout the whole regular season. But you can trust that rushing offense. J.K. Dobbins is pretty good. Gus Edwards started doing good. And you have Lamar Jackson. So if they don't get a number one receiver, then they're going to have to stick with the running game for next season. So yeah, uh, they'll have to stick with it if they don't get that number one receiver. But can they win it without a number one receiver? Without they currently constructed, can they win it all? Can they beat the Bills? Can they beat the Chiefs? Can they win a Super Bowl with how their roster is right now? I definitely think they could. I do think that they can make it there, 
maybe win the Super Bowl. But right now, it's not looking so great. Lamar Jackson still has to get re-signed. They probably would cut their whole team to save Lamar Jackson. I don't know about that. They, I think he's got to stay there. Whole team. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that, but no, like yeah. they, that's they're the most valuable player. So I think. What was the question again? I forgot your question. Can the Ravens win the Super Bowl without our currently constructed? Number one rushing offense, number thirty-one passing offense. Can they beat the Bills, beat the Chiefs, win a Super Bowl? I do think they can if their defense steps up. If their defense always plays good and their running does good, then they can obviously make it. Because if your running gets a bunch of points and your defense stops them, then there's no way you can't win it. Okay, I disagree with how they're currently constructed. They'll never win a Super Bowl with how Lamar plays. Never win a Super Bowl. He, they have to add a just receiver. Stop just stop he has to work on his th- arm, throwing the football, throw. his accuracy. He, yes, he can throw. I can throw. You can throw. We can all throw. But he throws it better. He does throw it better. I mean, he throws it better than a lot of people, but he just has to work on his accuracy. That's all he has to do is he has to... Some of those f- footballs that he throws, some of those interceptions don't look good. Uh, forcing the ball into tight areas, if he can make some better throws, be more accurate... Uh, have more of a pocket presence, I agree that this team would be fine. I think he can throw and his accuracy is just fine. It's just his decision-making is not so good. If he would take his time, have patience in the pocket, and not because like that one pick that's against the Bills, Mm -hmm. he just threw it in the middle of everyone. That's true. And he wasn't even getting rushed too much. So he could have waited and possibly ran or made a better pass than what that was. So I think he needs to work on his patience and playmaking. All right. I like it. So that's all for the NFL talk. We're going to do now a quick shift. NBA. Last night was the Lakers and the Bucks, Two heavyweights for a title. A lot of people's predictions to go in to the finals. And the Lakers beat the Bucks 113-106. And the Lakers won... Because LeBron was the best player on the court. 34 points, 8 assists, 50% shooting, 50% from 3, 6 for 10 from downtown, a season high. He played phenomenal. Uh, he, He is just used to the big moments. He plays so well under pressure. Uh, people like to mention uh, him choking, but as of lately, he has not choked in big games. He handles the pressure. This was a big game on the road. Now they're 8-0 and on the road, and this team has played so well. KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, played amazing. Shot 70% from three, 70%, 7 of 10, had 23 points, played lights out, so good. AD, he says he didn't play up to his level, but he still added 18 points and 9 rebounds. This team looked efficient. Uh, not as efficient as the Bucks, though. Giannis is a walking double-double. 25 points, 12 rebounds. It's just what he does. That's just what we're accustomed to seeing from Giannis now is, you know, 20 to 30 points a night and 12 rebounds. That's just who he is. Drew Holiday has been an excellent pickup for them. Having a reliable ball handler, third scorer. He had 22 points and 7 assists. He's played well, and then Middleton added 20 points. This Bucks team played really well last night, well enough to win this game. 
but they didn't get it done. Why did they not get it done? Because turnovers and fouls, and that's what kills team. They fouled too much. They turned the ball over too many times. I think like eight more times than the Lakers. That is not a recipe for success, especially for a Lakers team that scores points off of turnovers. And when LeBron's just the best player, playing like the best player in the league, is King James wearing that crown? Guess what? Nobody's taking it from him anytime soon. And the Lakers are just too good. They're too deep. Uh, Any third person can step up and score at any night, whether it be KCP or Schroeder. He had a poor night last night, 2 for 10. But he can step up on any night. Kyle Kuzma can step on any night. It seems like not... Like, it doesn't seem that any of them are all cold at one time. One of them always steps up, usually. And that's what helps them to the win. And for the Bucks losing this game, to me, they're now out of it, of the East. Uh, I'm not talking about, like, playoff position or anything out of it. But they're out of the title, national, or title uh, NBA championship talk, NBA finals. They're out of it. It's just it. Uh, Nets are now the best team with James Harden being added. They're the best team in the East. It's going to be Nets-Lakers unforcing some crazy thing that could go down, whether the Clips not choking or the Bucks actually showing up. But the Nets look too good now, uh, and it's sad to see the Bucks just NBA final window close like that. And if they were to have beat the Lakers last night, if they were to win big games, then something would change, but they just don't. When their backs are up against the wall, they fold like a cheap suit. Even if they play well, they turn the ball over and foul. So I'm sorry, but to me, the Bucks are done uh, this year. And if KD and Harden stay, Kyrie, they all stay for a while. And the Nets, they could be done for a long while. And Giannis might regret signing that Supermax contract. Does he deserve the money? Yes, but he might regret the contract because he might not win a title or get to an NBA Finals for quite some time. Full stop on that one. Next, college basketball. Me and Luca picked our upset picks on Tuesday. I picked Seton Hall. I was so close. Ooh, they were so close. But I should have gone with Purdue. That was my second choice. Luca was wrong about Michigan. So, so wrong about Michigan. He should have gone with Florida. That was the craziest upset of, of the night. Nobody thought that was going to happen, uh, but that was one he should have gone with. And I like Florida, too, so it's even worse. And you like Florida. Bummer. Boo-hoo. You should have picked your team. But tonight, there is only one uh, game of any meeting, which is Michigan versus Purdue. Only top 25 team playing tonight. Michigan's the favorite. Michigan's coming off a huge win from beating Maryland, but Purdue's also coming off a huge one playing against Ohio State. Uh, Luca, who do you got tonight? You got the upset rolling with Purdue, or you think Michigan's going to win and cover? I mean, I want to pick Purdue to win, and I want Purdue to win, but I want to go against Michigan again because then I'll be wrong again. So I want Purdue to win, but I'm going to pick Michigan. You're picking Michigan? Yeah. I'm going to roll with Michigan too. They've looked like a top-five team, even over number seven. Their wins have been good. Other than that one loss, they've kind of dominated their opponents. I'm glad that Purdue beat Ohio State. They're coming off a big win. Uh, but, yep, I'm rolling with Michigan. They're going to cover the four, four-and-a-half-point spread or whatever it is. 
I'm rolling with blue. I'll be wearing my Go Blue hoodie. Go Blue, please. Bleed maize and blue. Next, final sport we'll cover, NHL. There's been so much NHL action, but probably the biggest headline, Luca, is the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, getting fined with a 100,000 COVID fine. And then some of their best players are out for a while. Alexander Ovechkin's out. Dmitry Orlov, top four defenseman for them, is out. Evgeny Kuznetsov, top center for them, is out. And their goalie, Samsonov, is out. One of, the te- one of them tested positive. They did the tracing. So, Luka, this is huge for the Capitals. Uh, do you think this will be the only time this happens in the NHL with the fine and all these players? Or do you think we're going to see this a lot more in the NHL players testing for COVID and games getting delayed? I don't think this should be a huge issue, but I think there's going to be a moderate amount of games that get canceled due to COVID. I think the Stars had their first couple games canceled with the Devils, so they couldn't play. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a little more, but not too much to where the they have to go back to a bubble. Okay. No, I agree. They're not going to go back to a bubble. But I hope this is a one-time occurrence. They said they learned. Uh, but no, it's not good for hockey if you have all these postponements and game cancellations. I hope they learn from this, and I hope the league gets back on track quick uh, for the sake of the game. Uh, Luca, next topic in NHL is, I think this is a, kind of a curveball for you, is it's about the Columbus Blue Jackets. We talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting a trade. He kind of wants out. He's a hothead. But I'm going to flip the narrative since we talked about where we want him to go is to the coach now, John Tortorella. He's had Matt Duchesne, but he left. Had Panarin, he's left. So he's had big names and they wanted out. And Pierre-Luc Dubois now wants out. Another huge, big name. He was a young player. So is it actually, is it time for John Tortorella to go? Or should he stay as a Columbus head coach? I think he should go coach somewhere else. I don't think he should retire. And also, one thing is Atkinson hasn't said anything. He's fine there. Atkinson's not a superstar. He's not a superstar, but he's really good. He's really good, but he's not on Panarin's level. No. He's not on Duchesne's level. I know, level. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about he doesn't... Because guess what? Cam Atkinson was not a big name, but he's played on this system with John Tortorella. So John Tortorella has this track of, like, like oh, they're like an average player. But with him coaching, they're good players. They produce good points. But to me, it's just superstars. So... Are any superstars going to want to come to Columbus if John Tortorella is the head coach? Um, I still think, I mean, Panarin and Duchesne left and Dubois still came. But Dubois was drafted there. I And he just requested a trade. So I definitely think there's a problem going on there, but I don't think it's all his fault. I think it could be some like chemistry in the locker room with some other players that could cause them to want to trade. But I think he should go play for a different team. Or not play coach for a different team. Okay. Uh, I think they both should go. Get rid of them both. Goodbye. Columbus don't want you. I don't want you in Columbus. Columbus don't want you. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're a hothead. You only played five minutes the other night. You didn't put in the effort, so Tortorella bench you the rest of the game. How does that feel, playing five minutes in the first period and then getting benched the rest of the night? How does that make you feel? You need to go immediately. You, you're fired. You're fired. Next, 
Johnny Tortorella, you need to go. Yes, you're a great coach. You do, you uh, demand so much from your players, which is expected and I think is good. Uh, you stick up for your players as well, which is good. You're a player's coach. You force the best out of your players. You get the most out of your players. You produce talent, but you need to go. Why? Because you're another hothead, and you don't clash with superstars. And you know what? Sometimes you need to accept superstars just being good, let them do their thing, and... Uh, cut them a little slack. Yes, you'll demand a lot from him because you're your superstar. You're who they'll lean on in big moments. But when you have no superstar, guess what? You're not winning in this league. The NHL is not constructed for a team with no superstars to win in this league. So Tortorella, you have to go. You need a fresh start somewhere else. Please leave Columbus. Now you and Pierre Luc Dubois can go together to your own separate teams respectively, of course. But sorry, uh, Tortorella, you have got to go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets can get a decent haul for Pierre-Luc Dubois and get back to, I don't want to say get back to glory because they've never been in glory, but have a winning team. And that's what I have to say about that. But then there's a lot of NHL tonight. Luca, I'm going to go through just three games quickly here. Guess what? You know what the three games are going to be. Yeah. It's our three teams. First, Rangers-Penguins. Who wins tonight and why? What's your prediction? I think that the Rangers are going <laughs> to <laughs> Why are the Rangers going to win? I think because of all their stars they have, Panarin, Zabinijah. <laughs> I think Lafreniere is going to put up some points this game. He's put up a lot of points so far this season, hasn't He's he? He's got none, but I... <laughs> I think he's going to start now with getting some assists and maybe a goal. Oh, why? Because it's against the Penguins. That's why. No, because I think he's bound to start sometime. Well, guess what? He ain't starting tonight. None of them are starting tonight. I'm rolling big with my Penguins. That's my team wearing my Crosby jersey tonight. Penguins just beat the Capitals twice. They've looked really good. The Smith has looked really good in net. And uh, their defense has looked shaky, really shaky. But Malkin's back on the right track. I'm sorry, Luca. Ping ones. Next, Red Wings, Blackhawks. Luca, who do you got? Who wins tonight? <laughs> I have the Blackhawks winning tonight. Why is that? Why are you laughing? Um, because I think you knew what I was gonna say. And yeah, you're just I laughing. Yep. Why are Blackhawks gonna win? They're like the worst team in the NHL. I think Dioy is going to start, and he did okay, except for giving up two three-on-ones. <laughs> it's just that defense is horrible, and all my people are injured. I think Cuba League and Kane are going to do good. Stroman Debrink are going to do good. Keith could do all right. He has some assists already, four of them. Mm-hmm. I think Dioy is going to do really good, and I don't think Detroit has the— I don't think they have what it takes to beat this team. Ooh, oh, this is close. But Luca, I want to say Detroit, but I think you want to get your first win, so I'm going to roll with Chicago tonight. I don't like that pick. I don't like it. I might regret it come Monday. I'm going to be like, ah, oh, crap, I should have picked the Red Wings to win, and I probably will. I'm going to root for the Red Wings. Okay. But I'm going to pick the Blackhawks. Maybe it'll be a jinx. <laughs> and then, finally, Golden Knights, Coyotes. Golden Knights just swept those bums. Two games to play, oh, wow. play them again. I'm sorry, Coyote. I like the Coyotes. I live here in Arizona. I root for the Coyotes. 
but I like Mark Andre Fleury, Golden Knights. Luca, who do you got? Who wins tonight? The Coyotes. <laughs> I right, the Coyotes winning. They're going to Scottsdale. I think Kessel's gonna do good. Chick Ren. They're gonna be really good. Keller. Kajulia's gonna be really good. So I think they're gonna overpower this Vegas team oh, tonight and they're gonna get their first loss. There's gonna be no overpowerment tonight. Uh Vegas winning big. I'm sorry. Rep in the Vegas rep in the Vegas line. That's it. Alright, that's NHL. Again, reminder. Uh Connor McGregor, Dustin Poirier tomorrow. Connor McGregor is getting that knockout tomorrow. If it ain't in the first round, it's in the second round. That's how it's gonna end. Connor McGregor has got this on lock. That's what that's happening. Next final thing, one division. It's on tonight. Uh people some people complain about the first two episodes. Some people really liked it. Me and Luca covered that in our first podcast. We both really liked it. Luca, do you expect more greatness from episode three tonight? Do you think there might be a little more action or a little bit more story to kind of pick it up since it's episode three? I think since I think they have colored this episode, yeah, I think there's that. going to be so much theories after this. I'm going to go to bed tonight on my <laughs> phone. I'm going to see like theories upon theories because there's color. And I think they're going to just like... There's going to be, I don't know, there's just going to be so much happening. But it feels more of a comedy mm-hmm, than I agree. Marvel. So it's kind of weird to watch it. And what those episodes were, they had some funny parts, but it wasn't like, I feel I didn't feel like I was watching a full-on comedy. Yeah, I, I agree. No, it was a dry humor, but no. I, like you said, with the color and coming back, you're going to notice some things. As you said, there's going to be some theories. Uh, we're going to see if that swarm guy, the beekeeper, is going to be back tonight, or if uh, see what happens with them, see if what kind of reality this is in. It looks like it took place in the 50s, now it's in the 60s. Years have passed. Wanda's pregnant now. Mm-hmm. How did she get pregnant? Uh, so we have all these questions. We'll because see if you're going to get in. Exactly, android. he's an android. How did she get pregnant just instantly like that? That's going to be interesting to see all this developing, if not tonight, in the coming episodes. This is Get Your Goat, so we're going to finish with your Get Your Goat take, an unpopular take that you believe that maybe not everybody else believes with, but they should. Luca, what is your Get Your Goat take tonight? You know this, but I hate watching college football games because of the rules. It's so annoying watching these games because whenever they catch it and they just get one foot in, I'm like, he's out of bounds, call it. And then they go, and then I realize it's just one foot in because that's college. And I don't feel like this helps people going into the NFL because they get so used to having to just have one foot in. And maybe they're lazy and it's like, oh, I just need one foot, so they do that. And then they get into the NFL, the big leagues, and then they have to get two foot in. So that could be hard for rookies to adapt to the NFL rules. So is it all college rules you disagree with, or is it just the one foot in bounds? There's most of them, but I could go on forever. Oh, wow. Well, I will probably save that for a future segment as you're going off on college rules then. And my get your goat take is this. Uh, it's my, it, it probably I probably do have not, some support. It's not a crazy take. But for the NBA, I think you should, if you're a college athlete or just an, or an athlete, 18-year-old, you should be able to get drafted and not surpass college if you want 
But if you choose to go to college, you have to stay for at least three years and get your degree. If they offer you a scholarship, guess what? Not a lot of people are offered a scholarship where you can just come in and go to school for free. Uh, so that is something to take advantage of. But if you don't want to take it, you should be able to go to the NBA right away. That's my thing either. Go to the NBA. There should be no one and dones. That should be over. It should be either you're coming to school, you're playing to my university, you're going to be here for three years, earn your degree, or guess what? You're not going. You're going straight to the NBA. That's my Get Your Goat take. Mm-hmm. This has been the Get Your Goat podcast. This is Josh Morani. A lot of football. Uh, Josh out. Yeah. Bye, everybody.